You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's time to start Billion Dollar Ballers, and we've got Jack on the line, and uh, he's been dribbling around. No, that, I'm sorry, you used a napkin. You didn't dribble today, did you? Uh, but anyway, we've got Jack on the line, and um, he's ready to get going with the second portion of Billion Dollar Ballers. And I'm going to turn it over to Jack. Here's Jack. Thanks, David. Hello. As you said, I'm Jack Christides, and this is Billion Dollar Ballers, our brand-new show discussing the business of sports involving everything from the NCAA up to the NBA and, believe it or not, Korean baseball. Yes, we'll be discussing a little bit of Korean baseball today. Uh, first, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the second weekly show on America's Web Radio. It really is a pleasure to have this platform to discuss this topic, to discuss the business of sports. And before we get into the show, I'm not going to do this every week, but as it is our second second weekly show, I'd first like to do a quick introduction of myself for those of you that missed it last week. Again, my name is Jack Christides. Uh, I earned a degree in sport management from the University of Michigan, and if you're unfamiliar with that degree, essentially it means that I have a degree in the business of sports. And uh, previously I've done work with the Los Angeles Chargers, major sports leagues, including the MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, and eSports leagues. Um, I've also worked for several sports agencies. So I've learned a lot in my time working in professional sports, but there's one major key thing that I've learned in my time. It's that sports are very much so a business. Um, and that's really what this show covers. It's it's not your typical sports show that you'd see on ESPN or your Fox Sports local channels. It's hopefully covering some unique, interesting, and fresh topics that you might not have thought about, and will give you some insight into the background of what's really going on with your favorite teams and favorite leagues across the country. Um, in the future of this show, we're going to be having a few guests, but with the COVID-19 pandemic going on, there's a surplus of news coming out about the development of currently suspended sports seasons, potential future sports seasons, and we really have a super packed show today. We've got a lot to talk about, so I just didn't know if we had time for guests. So today you're just going to have to deal with me for an hour, but hopefully I bring some interesting content and uh, everyone has fun. So as I was saying, this week we have some major news. Sports are back. Um, and I'm not just talking about that Korean baseball. We actually have the starting back up of what I consider to be the first major sport back in the United States this weekend. Um, for those of you that haven't heard, the UFC will actually be hosting a major card this weekend, uh, a pay-per-view event in Orlando, Florida. Um, so there will still be no fans. They're following the social distancing guidelines, and it will definitely be interesting to see how that turns out. Now, some of you may be wondering, how is this possible? Well, it's possible because Florida has recently designated entertainment workers under the umbrella of essential workers. So they're able to go on with their event, and I'm sure there are a lot of stipulations in place. The UFC has been a little close to the vest with what they're doing. Um, but things that we do know that they're going to be doing is they're only going to have the very, very essential people working the event. So that includes the fighter a referee. They are going to have the in-ring uh, announcers. The announcers are going to be outside the ring, and they're also going to have interviewers afterwards outside of the ring interviewing from a safe six-foot distance, the fighters. 
Um, and then we've heard rumors. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys followed the UFC, but Conor McGregor, one of the biggest draws in the sport, he's going to be, from what I understand, the lone fan, technically a fan, although he is a fighter, allowed in that arena. He's going to be able to watch the fight. And uh, he said he's certainly very interested to see how the safety of the fighters is protected. And if all goes well, the UFC is planning other pay-per-view events for the next two weekends as well. Um, so although it might not be the most high-profile sport in the country right now, it's definitely interesting and great to see a sport back. Uh, it's, uh, as I said, a pay-per-view format, so slightly different from many of the other sports, at least in terms of the economic impact that it's going to have. But it will definitely be a case study for how sports are going to be able to come back. Um, while there's not going to be fans in the building, uh, we can see how the safety for the athletes involved and all the trainers and coaches, we can see how all that's protected. And hopefully it goes well, because if it doesn't go well, if it turns out that one of these people contracts the virus or if, uh, if, the, if the no fans is a major effect on the event, then it could spell trouble for the return of the rest of the sports. But only time will tell, and I'm certainly extremely excited to watch that card tomorrow and to track that down and see if it goes well. Now, we've got a lot of topics to discuss today, but uh, I'm going to spell out a few of the key ones for you here so you can know a little bit of what to expect moving forward today. Uh, first, we're going to be discussing recent news and announcements regarding the return of the NBA season. Yes, I said the return of the NBA season. Personally, I'm an optimist. Uh, I think it's time for us to open back up the economy, open back up major businesses and entertainment businesses, including, yes, the NBA. So we're going to talk a little bit about how the NBA can come back, and if it does come back, what it's going to look like. Um, a lot of recent developments, which we'll get into a little bit later, but things are happening as we speak to try to get that underway. Our second topic, NFL, the National Football League. Major announcements and changes. Yesterday we had the schedule release, which shed some light on exactly what they're anticipating. We'll talk a little bit about the off-season programs, how those have changed due to the virus, and also a little bit about the, uh, the economies of the league and what, what owners are expected to pay their players and how those players are expected to respond and if they'll be happy to come back and play. Uh, third topic, uh, well, the third topic really is an assortment of topics. So, as I said, we have a packed show this week, and there were updates across many major sports and many minor sports. So the NCAA provided some updates as far as what we can expect for that return. We have Major League Baseball discussing their upcoming season. Project Restart, uh, which is the code name for the English Premier League Soccer League to return, uh, as well as the Bundesliga, which is the German League. We have more UFC news. PLL, which is the Professional Lacrosse League. Uh, they're hosting a brand new tournament, which is exciting. And if we have time for it, we might even discuss a little bit of the uh, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning. Yes, you heard that right. Some of the greatest quarterbacks in the, in the history of the sport and some of the greatest golfers in the history of the sport hosting a charity golf tournament. Some real great ingenuity there and definitely trying to turn a negative into a positive with all that's going on right now with the coronavirus. So that last segment might be a little packed, but we're going to try to fit in as much information as we can for you. And uh, I'm definitely excited. So, David, if we could go to uh, maybe a quick break now, and then we'll get back into it, starting with the NBA. 
Alrighty, uh, we're a little bit early on the break, but that's okay. We'll go ahead and take one, and um, uh, we do them at about uh, 13 and a half, 27, uh, and 43. So uh, you can check your, your clock on that, or I'll come to you and tell you when we're about to take a break. But we'll go ahead and take one, and uh, again, I want to remind everybody that... Uh, We've got the business hour coming up at 10 o'clock, which uh, will be great, uh, with uh, Chance Ritchie. And um, also at 11 o'clock, we have our Kung Fu master, Shi Devru, who is uh, internationally known. He's spoken at Harvard. He's spoken at Yale. Uh, he is absolutely incredible, and we invite you to... Uh, Tune in at uh, at eleven o'clock and uh, have a moment of meditation with our kung fu master. So we'll be back right after these words. Whether cruising the strip at a fifty-seven Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a seventy-one Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from eight to nine a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the TornadoBodyDryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it and you'll love having one in your shower. Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, thanks. Uh, we're back here with Billion Dollar Ballers, getting into our first major segment here. Um, this segment will focus on recent news and announcements regarding the return of the NBA season, an exciting topic that all sports fans are very interested in, and we're going to dive right in. So. First note of discussion is the all-NBA players meeting that is occurring today. Uh, this is going to be intr- instrumental in determining how the teams move forward. Um, and it's important to note that everyone, including the players and the owners and the GMs and all the executives, uh, the players' families, even fans, to be on the same page in order for a return. Um, it's, it's pretty much an all-or-nothing at this point. And this players' meeting involving many of the key figures around the league, the big names, and uh, what they're going to be discussing, they're going to be getting together and talking about how comfortable they feel about the return. Um, If they think it's feasible that we could potentially finish this season, which certainly I hope, and I think I speak for all sports fans when I say everyone really hopes that we can finish this season because it was a great season uh, prior to the unfortunate coronavirus situation. Also happening today, most NBA teams have reopened their practice facilities. Uh, this includes um, all the gyms, all the uh, all the practice courts, all the training centers. Now there are definitely some some guidelines that they have instituted. Um, they're trying to keep players 12 feet apart. Personally, I'm not sure how feasible that is, but we'll see how that plays out. And also, they uh, are wiping down, cleaning all the equipment, doing temperature checks, requiring people to wear masks if they're entering the building, trainers to wear masks and gloves if they're working with the players, things of that nature. 
Um, but it's definitely a great first step as we see most of the teams coming back. As I said, it's not all the teams. So the Nets, Knicks, Celtics, Bucks, Grizzlies, Lakers, Clips, Clippers, Kings, and Warriors will not be returning today. Um, all those teams are targeting dates in May with the California team's dates to be determined. Um, so one thing you might realize about those teams that they all have in common is all these teams come from major markets. So we're talking New York, all the California teams, Los Angeles, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, um, places that have high population density. So those teams will not be returning yet, um, which makes sense because the guidelines haven't been lifted but it, it further points to the fact that this is really an all-or-nothing situation. So while the practice facilities and training centers have all been open for most of the teams, we really can't assume that the season is going to come back relatively quickly until we have all the teams on the same page. So fingers crossed that we can get all those teams back in their training facilities in May. Hopefully this players' meeting goes well, and I'll be monitoring it as it goes on. So if I get any live news, I'll... We lay that on this show as well, but fingers crossed. And focusing a little more on the business side of the return of the season, it's important to understand the level of impact that this shutdown has had on the league. Uh, as I've said many times throughout this show and in last week's show as well, all the fans want the sports to return, but we can be sure that there's no one that wants the sports to return more than the league's. Um, and those people are worried about more than the, the safety of their players and everyone else involved in the sport. They're also worried about their bottom line. Remember, these, these leagues have to make money in order to function, in order for the owners to pay the players and the league to pay their essential employees and, and move forward with increasing salary caps every year. Um, in, in the words of the NBA commissioner, and I'll quote Adam Silver here, Adam said, our revenue in essence has dropped to zero. That's having a huge financial impact on the team business and the arena business. Um, there is a strong recognition that there are thousands of jobs impacted by the NBA, not just the players and the basketball staff. Uh, and that's the end of the quote. And, and what, what he's really getting at there is that if there's not sports on TV, if there's not fans in the stadium, you're losing TV revenue, ticket revenue, concession revenue, uh, a whole host of other things that that come from putting on these major mass events that are just not happening right now. So they're not making any money. They're not able to pay their employees right now. And as we touched on a little bit last week, they they all the teams are technically able to receive the pay, uh, Paycheck Protection Plan money, that PPP money that we've been hearing so much about. Um, but the optics of that for billion-dollar-valued sports teams is not great. So we've already seen a precedent with the Lakers returning that money. Um, it stands to reason that no teams are going to take that money, um, for better or for worse. So they, they really need these sports to come back for their own good and the good of the greater economy. Jack, what about now, uh, Jack? can I ask you a question right quick? What about uh, the season ticket holder? Where are they? Yeah, um, so we've heard various things about the season ticket holders. As of now, um, the season ticket holders, most of them are still waiting to see if the season does come back. If the season does come back, they're still going to have access to their tickets. Um, the NBA hasn't necessarily done as great of a job communicating what their plan is as the NFL has. Um, but I would assume that it's a pretty similar structure to what the NFL has announced. And what that is is that 
if the games don't go on as planned, then they're planning to have a system of returns to either allow season ticket holders to get their money back for those tickets or to allow those tickets to be transferred to the next season so they'd get their season tickets uh, for the allotted amount of games they have left for next season, um, which would definitely be interesting. But it certainly is a difficult time for season ticket holders not knowing what's going to happen. But hopefully they can find some solace in the fact that they're either going to get their money back or they're going to get future games. Um, so there, there is a plan laid out, and that's a great question, David, that I'm sure a lot of people have right now. Um, and getting back a little bit to uh, the, the in-game arena workers that I mentioned a little bit, what a lot of people don't realize is that the NBA is responsible for roughly 55,000 jobs. Now, that's not even including the external jobs, all the, the secondary ticket market uh, companies, your StubHub, Ticketmaster, all those people. So when you put it all together, uh, we're talking about close to 100,000, maybe hundreds of thousands of jobs that are directly and indirectly tied to the NBA. So that's a lot of people that are out of money right now and a lot of people that are waiting for the league to come back. So it's not just, it is those season ticket holders, it is the fans, and that's what we as fans often think about first. Um, but if you if you also think about the the people that are employed by these leagues that aren't making billions of dollars, they're not making millions of dollars. This is hitting hard for them as well, and it's it's impacting way more people than I think the average sports fan realize. And don't forget the bookies. <laughs> and the bookies, yeah, can't forget the bookies. Quick side note on bookies: I hadn't actually planned on talking about that for this show, but since you brought it up. Um, that Korean baseball uh, aspect I was talking about earlier in the show. Uh, I've been kind of trying to track what's going on in sports betting because it's one of the biggest and most emerging businesses in sports lately. And currently the most bet on sports in the United States is (laughs) Korean baseball, believe it or not. Um, So if you've got a bookie out there and you need to get your gambling fix, look no further than Korean baseball. I saw it on ESPN yesterday. It's somewhat interesting they uh they do a lot more celebrating they don't have necessarily all the formalities of the baseball that we're used to seeing here in the states so it's definitely a different game but uh could be interesting to gamble on who knows so if that's your style go ahead and check that out um also just a a little little aside last notes on the uh economics affected by this and how the nba is adapting to all these people being out of jobs right now um, the NBA's 100 top-earning executive salaries, those have been reduced by 20%. Um, and also, the NBA and NBA Players Association have agreed on withholding 25% of each player's paycheck beginning on May 15th. Um, so that's coming up quickly, and we'll be monitoring that as it comes through. Everyone did receive their paycheck on May 1st. That's all the players received their paycheck on May 1st. Um, but if by May 15th all those teams aren't back in the practice facility, which I'm skeptical about at this point, I'm not sure that the California teams and the New York, the New York teams will be back on and uh, full-on practicing, then every single player is going to have a gradual reduction in their salary. Um, and if worst were to come, if the season were canceled and we never saw the rest of the games played out, they'd have what's called force majeure provisions enacted um, so that'd be the cancellation of regular season games, which would have a gradual decline in their salaries um, down to zero for the rest of the season. Um, so it's 
it's definitely an interesting situation. Uh, we're going to keep monitoring it. There's a lot of change that's going to come. Um, but uh, quickly to compare and contrast what's going on in the NBA with what is projected to go on in the MLB, the MLB has a unique scenario. So the MLB uh, has contracts that are fully guaranteed, um, and they, they also have no salary cap. So those, those contracts oftentimes are much larger than you would see in the NBA or even the NFL and many other sports. Um, so it, while as in the NBA, if a player, if the league goes on full force and say there's two or three players that aren't comfortable playing, those players, it's going to be hard for those players to argue that they should be allowed to sit out and receive the full benefits um, and the full, full value of their contracts. Whereas in the MLB, um, if a player were to say, I'm not comfortable returning, I don't want to play uh, while the league was moving forward, that player, it'd be tough to argue that that player wouldn't be able to just bank the full amount of cash that they would earn from their contract and sit out the remainder of the year if the year does, in fact, go on. So it's, it's very, in, in my eyes, very interesting to be able to see the difference between these two leagues um, and really the difference between Major League Baseball and all sports. But, um, again, very interesting to see how this is going to move forward. And if the NBA does come back, we'll see if any of the players do, in fact, attempt to sit out and how the league handles paying the rest of their salaries moving forward. Um, in our next segment, we're going to talk about the NFL and the proposed changes to the new season. So don't go anywhere. But, uh, David, I think we're time for another quick break. Well, again, we're a little, it's uh, 22 after, and we normally would hit about 27 after, but that's okay. I need to opine a bit anyway, and uh, I will do that right now. And remind everybody that we have the greatest show lineup and the most unique show lineup in the country. And with that, I invite you at uh, 11 o'clock today to come to America's Web Radio and meditate with our Kung Fu master, Shi Deru. And uh, you can look it up. It's S-H-I-D-E-R-U. And uh, he's nationally known, and he is very well respected. want to bring out something else, too, that if you're interested in, you know, just just like uh, uh, Jack was saying, that. We are going to have sports. It may not be conventional, but it will be, we will have sports. And it's just like we've been saying, when the going gets tough, Americans get going. And we figure out a way to do it, one way or the other. And that's what's made America great, the United States great, for 200-plus years. And nobody can stop us. And with that being said, I want to remind everybody, there is still business. Don't don't stick your head in the sand and say, oh, my God, I can't do anything because there's not business. Well, let me tell you something. I, I used to have a, a client that I, I loved, and uh, his, he used to say, when things are good, advertise. When things are bad, advertise more, and you'll get not only your business, but your competitor's business, too. And so I'm inviting anyone that's interested. Jack does one heck of a good show. This is his second show, but it you know one's better than the other, and I look forward to great things out of Jack. As well as if you'll take a look at our website, America's Web Radio, 
We're going to be doing more and more video, but also just the shows that we're doing right now in audio, and we do the most unique shows going, everything from our Kung Fu to land surveying, this show that's a sports show, but unlike any other sports show on radio, we do uh, Detailing Addiction. We do so many different shows. We had... uh, we had Nicole Sapphire on yesterday. She is the doctor that's on Fox and Friends. We have many other medical shows. So if you're interested in being a part of America's Web Radio's family, we can get you business, but you have to advertise with us. And uh, you can tell the kind of uh, shows that we do bring the unique. You'll be touching people around the world. We have quite an audience for our classic car show in Australia. And uh, we have quite an audience continually in the U.K. And want to salute the U.K., as a matter of fact. A shout-out to all the listeners uh, in the U.K. right now. And uh, invite you to give me a call or drop me a line, David, at America's Web Radio. And let's talk about getting your name known not only nationally but internationally. Now, if your business is such that it's strictly a local business, we can't help you a whole lot. But if you're a mail-order business or you do business around the world, we can bring you business. And rest assured, there is business out there. There, The world hasn't literally shut all of its doors. There are people that still need things. We saw that in the toilet paper business, didn't we? They still, son of a gun, people still use toilet paper. That's, That's a good thing, you know. So if you're interested in advertising... It's very cost-efficient, and we touch people, like I said, around the world. Think about it, and uh, give me a call or drop me an email, David at America's Web Radio, and let's talk. With that being said, you're listening to America's Web Radio, and now back to Jack and Billion Dollar Ballers. All right. Thanks, David. And uh, quickly, before I get into the next segment, you're so right. Business hasn't stopped and business certainly hasn't stopped for sports so while there might be a pause right now on uh, the NBA season and several other minor seasons across the country the seasons that are planned for the future are expected to come back and namely the NFL is expected to return and they're working hard behind the scenes we saw they had the draft a couple weeks ago Um, that was a smashing success some of the highest ratings of a draft that we've ever seen and just yesterday, they had the season schedule release. Um, so I'm going to break down this season schedule release. Not going to go into every game or every event that's going on, but there are some key markers that are going to tell us a little bit about what to expect. The Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champions Kansas City Chiefs, are currently set to open the season on Thursday, September 10th. Um, Thursday, September 10th, not all that unusual of a date. Normally the NFL season would commence the weekend after the first Monday in September, so that seems to be right about on time. But uh, I saw this morning that the governor of Oregon recently uh, said that that state will have a shutdown on all major events with uh, large amounts of people uh, up until September. So... Although that's the date that's set now, there is still a possibility that that's not exactly when the start of the season occurs. 
Um, other other major dates that were announced: Sunday, January third, marks the final day of the regular season before the playoffs start. Um, with the expanded wild card round this year, we'll have uh, playoff games on January ninth and tenth again. Extra wild card games, extra TV revenue. Definitely going to be interesting. Uh, we can see the league attempting to cope with the new changes and make some extra revenue from the TV side, where they may be losing it with the fans on the ticket side. So that's interesting. And the Super Bowl, scheduled for February 7th in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. That's right. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay just in time for a Super Bowl. Isn't that funny? So that'll be interesting to watch. London and Mexico City, both of those venues uh, planned to host games this year. Those games have been canceled. Um, so you might be saying, why am I bringing up the London and Mexico City game? Those are played in the morning in the States. No one even cares about those games. Well, while we may not follow those games or care that much that there's a different venue here, those are a huge deal for the NFL. So the NFL recently has been attempting to expand their reach, become a more of an international brand, which would be great for their revenues, great for, for the league itself in their eyes. But with the cancellation of these games this year, it's, it's just another hurdle in, the, uh, in their timeline of eventually attempting to get franchises in those cities. So there have been discussions behind the scenes, and some of my colleagues that work in the league believe it's just a matter of time before we have a team in London or a team in Mexico City. I know when I was working for the Chargers, one of their biggest focuses as an organization was targeting fans in Mexico City, trying to expand their reach there for the benefit of themselves and for the league. So the cancellation of these games has a bigger, long-lasting financial impact than you might expect, and that's definitely something that's unfortunate. Um, So as we've already seen that change to the season, there could be other potential changes if we don't see a complete return um, from the coronavirus shutdown. If there is a delay, aside from the expected shutdown of most likely the preseason, if not some of the games, then all of the games, if there is a delay into the regular season, it's expected that three to four weeks could either be pushed back, uh, starting with the elimination of the bye weeks. Um, uh, Personally, I, I wouldn't care that much about the elimination of the bye weeks. I don't know that many fans would as well, but when you think about the health of the players, um, which, which moving forward, the health of the players is the value of the brand of the league. If your major stars are getting injured all the time, you're going to get less people tuning in. You're going to make less TV revenue on future deals. The salary cap's going to go down. All of these things are connected behind the scenes. So it would, it would be unfortunate to lose the bye weeks, but it may be a necessary casualty. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, assuming all does come back to normal, if the league does return, there's still a possibility that there would be fans in the stadiums. The NFL is implementing a plan to have these fans in the stadiums. This plan includes advanced technology that I'm sure I or you will not necessarily fully understand, but I can tell you a little more of the simple ideas that they're having. They're going to limit the number of fans, so things that have been discussed is selling half the seats or selling two-thirds of the seats so that the fans can be spaced out. They're going to have hand sanitizer at entrances, infrared temperature testing, uh, one of those high-tech ideas that they've had, which could definitely tell you if someone has the virus as they're walking in and stop them from entering the stadium. 
masks handed out for everybody. And then most importantly, as we discussed on last week's show, they will have the amount of tests required for everyone in the stadium, including everyone involved on the NFL side and on the fan side. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be using all those tests, but that is something that they would need to have just to ensure that worst-case scenario, they have the ability to test as many people as they need to and make sure that this is a safe return for the league. Jack, Other wanna, changes? Jack, do you oh, mind yeah, if I jump in and uh, throw my two cents worth in again? I, I was just thinking, you know, like you said, so many people are affected and you don't even think about it. It's the uh, look at the trinket and trash people that are going to be affected by this. The t-shirt sales, the pennant sales, the the one finger sales, uh, you know, all of the stuff that's that grabs you as you walk in a stadium uh, for your kids or t-shirts for yourself or whatever it happens to be. And what I would like to do right now, anybody that's listening that has a business that is being affected by the coronavirus that is related to or subject to sports, just like Jack is talking about, and it's a, it's a business. And I don't think anybody would deny that. It's a business. It's a business for thousands of people, vendors of all kinds. And it's not just the the city and the sports and the stadium it's the people that make their living selling many other things in in a football or baseball game or during the game or after the game or before the game so if you've been affected and you still are in business and want to touch the world drop me a line and let's talk about maybe some free advertising for your business of t-shirts or banners or pennants or whatever you have that relate to the NBA or NFL or whatever it happens to be, we'll talk to you. And uh, we're reaching out to veteran businesses doing the same thing and to, um, you know, anyone that's been really affected by, I know we have, our sales are way, way down and uh, because a lot of folks don't want to come in. Uh, they're concerned about coming into the studio and uh, concerned about uh, having guests in and so forth. So we're all in this. And like I said, when the going gets tough, Americans get going. So back to you, Jack. Great. Thanks, David. And you couldn't be more right. There are so many people involved in the business of sports. And uh, one thing that I hadn't talked about, which you reminded me of there, is the, the concession workers. Um, they're definitely going to be attempting to limit the concession workers in the stadiums, but something else that they said they're going to implement potentially is a pre-ordering of the concessions in the stadium. So what that means is if you want your hot dog, you want your, uh, your crushed ice, whatever, whatever you may be, maybe your pizza, whatever you're getting at these sporting events, they're going to have you pre-order that and deliver it to your seat so we don't have to deal with those long concession lines. It sounds great on face value until you get your crushed ice or your ice cream and it's all melted. So um, in my mind, it it presents tons of logistical nightmares. I don't know how well that's going to work out, but it just shows they're trying to do everything that they can to preserve these jobs instead of just doing a shutdown of concessions, um, which would obviously be detrimental for hundreds of workers. So they're, they're trying everything. And everything includes this recent discussion that's come up of doing games on Saturdays. 
I personally think that this would be an amazing idea, especially if we have any delay in the college football season. Now, as I've talked about before at length, I think we'll have a college football season. College football is way too instrumental to the revenues of athletic departments and and really the functionality of athletic departments across almost all of the major college programs. But uh, if that does get delayed or if the game, if some some teams don't go forward, some teams don't play their college football schedule, we could have NFL games on Saturdays. Now, that would most likely entail making specific games available on Saturdays via Amazon Prime or ESPN Plus, the brand new streaming platforms. Um, and those platforms would pay a premium for content, hopefully enticing NFL fans to pay them a premium and watch the game. This is a whole new economy that we haven't really seen before. We saw Thursday night games uh, last year on Twitter. We saw one game on Twitch, which is another somewhat lesser-known streaming platform. All of those games would be removed from Fox and CBS with the networks receiving a rebate and the NFL expecting to make back that money and more on the next wave of broadcast deals. So it's a changing landscape, and there's a lot of things that coronavirus may have brought to the attention of leagues that they hadn't thought of before. So if we do see those Saturday games, uh, from a fan's perspective, wouldn't be great to have to pay extra for your sports, but if we do have a return of football and you have to pay a little bit extra, that's going to help the leagues recover the cash that they need, and I think it's some real ingenuity on their part. Um, adapting to the new media, the new media networks, the streaming networks, and trying to maximize their revenues in whatever way possible. Um, we talked a little bit about the ticket rebate plan earlier uh, and how the NFL currently has a plan in place for that. I saw a great quote from Roger Goodell this past week. He said that, quote, all clubs will have in place a policy under which if a game is canceled or played under conditions that prohibit fans from attending, Anyone purchasing a ticket directly from the club will have the option of either receiving a full refund or applying the amount paid toward the future ticket purchase. Um, so, so we discussed this a little bit earlier, but there's one little key part that you may not have noticed in that quote that I think is the key. And the key to that is he said tickets directly purchased from the club. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have purchased tickets to a major sporting event, and I'm sure a lot of you have used secondary ticket brokers, your ticket masters, your stub hubs, things of that nature. If you're buying a ticket from the club, you have no worries. If you can't go to the game, they're going to rebate you or they're going to give you future tickets. And it might be a little inconvenient, but you're, you're going to get through it. Secondary ticket distributors is where it gets really, really interesting. Now, Ticketmaster and SeatGeek have already come out and pledged that they will make NFL refunds available uh, in full for tickets purchased within 30 days of cancellation. So that's definitely great. Um, StubHub, however, has come out, and they've been singing a little bit different tune, which is definitely concerning for sports fans. What they've been saying is they will only comply with that policy where required by state law. Now, I'm not necessarily the most familiar with every state's law, um, it's kind of a, a niche thing, and I'll have to look into that a little bit more moving forward. But in states where they're not required by the law to return your money for your tickets due to cancellation, you might be screwed. 
you may not be getting your money back for your tickets. And to me, that doesn't seem fair. I hope that there's a way that they can figure that out. Because if you paid for a ticket, you deserve to be able to watch that sport in person. Um, even if the game is canceled, you deserve to be able to get your money back or watch a game in the future. And that certainly wouldn't be great. And I hope that StubHub comes to realize this. I hope they start giving everyone their refunds back. But you have to look at it from their perspective, too. From their perspective, StubHub makes all their money from the selling of tickets to major events. And if they can't sell tickets to major events in the near future, they're taking a massive hit. And I can see why they would want to do this, this policy of only complying if state law requires them to do it. But I foresee all sorts of legal issues and reputation issues for that company moving forward. Um, and I really hope that they change their policy. And that's something that I'll be keeping a close eye on. And if you bought your season tickets through StubHub, you should probably be keeping a close eye on, too. Back to the actual playing of the game, the actual on-field football. Uh, if things were going as planned, if coronavirus hadn't happened, we'd have all our off-season programs going on right now, the rookie mini camps starting. But currently, all of those events are happening virtually, um, and there's no finality on the preseason or training camps as to when that'll happen. We've heard different things from the players, players saying that they enjoy these virtual training camps and virtual rookie camps, but what we could see as a result of this, and especially if the preseason gets canceled, is a diminished product on the field. So what I'm talking about is sloppy early season play, out-of-shape players, potential increased risk for injuries, things of that nature, and, and when that happens, when the product on the field drops, you tend to see a drop in viewership. It's the same idea as to why the XFL didn't have as many people watching on TV as the NFL does. The players aren't playing at as high of a level. Uh, people, are, people are less likely to watch. So while it might not seem like a big deal that all these things are being held virtually, if the players aren't able to get to the same standard, it's going to be a big deal down the line. They're going to lose t- uh, TV revenue and who knows, if, if the production really drops that much and fans are given rebates for, for their money for the games, maybe they don't purchase another ticket moving forward, and maybe you lose a subsection of in-person fans who are definitely pushing your league and driving your league forward, which would be a real shame. So that's just one of the many reasons that I think that the NFL really wants to be able to get on the field as soon as possible. Um, speaking of getting back on the field as soon as possible, Again, the teams need to be on the same page to be able to start. And the NFL team owners are discussing the reopening of their team facilities during virtual league meetings on May 19th. So with the season set to start on September 10th, that gives them a few months to try to figure things out and get back on track and get on the same page. And again, that meeting will be happening May 19th. Now, May 19th is a very key date because that is prior to the start of um, what many of you, I'm sure, have watched, Hard Knocks. Now, Hard Knocks this year was supposed to cover the Los Angeles Chargers and Los Angeles Rams. Um, Hard Knocks is a show that goes into the training camps of teams and gives you a behind-the-scenes look um, at what those teams are doing personnel-wise, how they're doing their training camps, and a little bit to expect of what's coming in their upcoming season. Personally, I'm a huge fan of Hard Knocks. It's on HBO. It's an extremely popular show. Um, And it really is a huge money generator, revenue generator for the league. Uh, Obviously, if they don't have their training camps, there's no way you can film the show. It's 
not something you can really do without people playing football on the field. So I'm sure that that'll be something that the league's going to discuss at that meeting on May 19th. And it would be really unfortunate for them to have to lose that show. Um, the contract with HBO, it's a multi-year agreement. I think they've got about four years left on that agreement. So uh, assuming that it does get canceled, I'm sure that the show would just get backed up a year and there'd be three years left on that agreement. But the NFL will be taking another major hit on top of what they're already losing for their ticket revenues this year, on top of what they're already losing for uh, potential future TV deals. It's, it's just another hit that we're seeing leagues and specifically the NFL have to take this year. Um, now, in our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about a multitude of sports, but one thing that's directly related to this NCAA, to this NFL update is the NCAA football. And I want to give a little introduction to that in this segment um, because it is such a complex issue and something that definitely is very directly correlated. Um, the NCAA specifically has been discussing staggered starts to their, to their seasons. Um, so what that would mean is that certain teams would start earlier than other teams. Um, that is something that can't happen in professional sports. While you might be able to do that in college sports with the different conferences and things of that nature, uh, professional sports is a business that's mainly driven by keeping teams on the same competitive plane, keeping teams at the same level. These are all professional athletes. They're all great players. Yes, team, some teams are better than others. Teams come in more prepared than other teams. But um, it, it's really integral to them making as much money as they can to have as competitive of games as they can. So the NFL is not going to be able to stagger their start. And without the ability to do a staggered start, it means if one team gets backed up, all the teams get backed up. And in my eyes, that's probably what's likely to happen. As I said before, the preseason is most definitely going to get, if not canceled, at least some of the games, um, some of the initial games canceled. And then who knows, we may miss a few of even the regular season games um and if that's the case then all the teams will be starting later so it's while they may seem very similar it's not a direct parallel you can make and i want to make sure that people know that when we go forward discussing these ncaa football updates um there's a reason that they're not doing exactly the same thing that the nfl does and that's because their business models are very different and set up completely differently um, and with that, I think we'll go to our last quick break before the final segment. This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Want to remind everybody, uh, after Billion Dollar Ballers, we have the Business Hour coming up with Chance Ritchie. And uh, I'm sure he's got another great show lined up for us. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back with more of Billion Dollar Ballers winding it up for the day right after a couple of messages. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes, 
That's Q-U-I-K Steaks are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quicksteak.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Steaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Steaks, Q-U-I-K Steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers uh, to our final segment, this final segment. A little bit of a speed round here. We're discussing a lot of different sports leagues, a lot of different uh, what you might consider fringe. I'm doing air quotes right now, fringe sports leagues. Um, things you may not often think about that definitely have an impact on the greater sports landscape and the greater sports business landscape. So um, there's a lot of information in this segment, and I, hopefully you can keep up. Um, as I introduced in the last segment, uh, we're going to be talking about the NCAA a little bit, and most specifically, NCAA football. So last week we talked about the massive impact that a cancellation of the college football season would have across the entire NCAA. We're talking every single athletic department, every single sport, every little aspect that you can possibly think of or maybe don't even think about. Um, now, for our purposes for this show, I'm an optimist, and we will we will move forward assuming that the seasons will be returning. Um, that goes for every single sport but uh, specifically for the NCAA, because if football doesn't come back, then we're going to have some major problems. Um, And every source that I've talked to has said they're attempting to push forward, and they plan to come back. Um, A little details on the college football landscape. There are 130 major college football teams, major D1 college football teams, spread across 41 states and competing in 10 conferences, save for a handful of independents, um, the biggest example is Notre Dame. Notre Dame, although they're in the ACC and every other sport, they actually are an independent in college football, so they don't have their own conference. And in just a few short minutes, I'll be talking about Notre Dame specifically because they're an interesting case. But um, in terms of broad strokes of all the football teams in the NCAA, the goal is to have all the teams start the upcoming season at the same time. Now, whether that's around Labor Day, as scheduled, or later, um, they want to all attempt to start at the same time and play the same number of games. But if that can't happen, um, we may see either a reduction in games or a staggering in the start of the games. Um, now, this would obviously have a huge impact on the TV contracts that are coming. So um, how many games do you really need to have in a regular season to have a college football playoff? If you do cancel those games, we're not only dealing with the national TV contracts of the big games, we're talking about all the regional and local networks. So your Big Ten network, your Pac-12 network, SEC network, all the regional networks that cover specific divisions, they're going to lose certain games for sure. Now, something that's been proposed to avoid this is a strictly in-conference schedule. Um while this definitely could hurt the competitiveness aspect of the sport because you've got tough SEC teams going against each other, whereas some conferences may not have as many good teams, and that could benefit those teams, which is a totally different discussion, becomes a whole different seeding nightmare. Um, that could potentially save those regional 
divisional conference networks and uh, allow them to play all the games that they were expecting to have on their channels and keep their financial structure intact. Um, but then we get to the questions of what about the seeding, the bowl games? What about records? What about Heisman trophies? Um, is a team whose school decides it can't participate credited with a forfeit? Uh, I hope not. That, that would not be great. So there's a lot of questions that people may not be thinking about, and we really don't have all the answers yet. All we can do now is project. But we do see updates coming out every single week. And when we're talking about Notre Dame, as I mentioned before, Notre Dame is not in a conference. Notre Dame's what's called an independent, which means that they set their schedule against a variety of teams every year. And Notre Dame is one of the major forces in college football. It's got several national championships, many great teams in the past, expected to be a good team this year. And what they're pushing for is that staggered start. Um, the staggered start would have some teams playing uh, in-conference games early and they're out-of-conference games later, um, and potentially pushing the college football playoff back a little bit, um, which could, could certainly interfere with some other sports. But uh, if they can preserve the competitiveness aspect of their game, um, which you can do by staggering because of the conference layout there, then you can hopefully preserve the viewership in the uh, in the NCAA playoff and um, have this essentially the same result that you would have if there wasn't a staggered start. Now, there is some precedence for this. There's actually some precedence for something even crazier than this. So my alma mater, the University of Michigan, um, in the past they have played their football games in the spring. Now, football normally a fall sport, obviously, um, and how did that work in the past? Well, that actually sometimes resulted in multiple champions being crowned. I don't think that that's necessarily something that we would do today. But there is precedence for this in a way that there isn't across some other sports, and most notably across professional sports. So while it may be a little different for the fans this year, on the business side of things, the NCAA is fairly adaptable and uh, should be able to cope with this and at least put out their product and hopefully maintain the status quo as far as um, their revenues and and what all their teams are going to be bringing in. Um, again, all of these teams are at the whims of their, not only the national government, which I'm hoping, hoping will reopen things shortly, but also their state governments. Um, as I mentioned earlier, what we saw happening in Oregon, that could happen um, where certain governors don't allow their teams to come back and if that's the case that's when we're going to need to see that staggered start and hopefully everyone's favorite team gets to play um i mentioned earlier the mlb and their unique scenario with their fully guaranteed contracts um but there's also there's also been some updates in terms of what to expect for their schedule moving forward um, so with their season this year, as, as with every other sport, money is their driving factor, even without the fans. Uh, the owners want to get paid, so do the players. And I think the momentum is geared towards teams playing in their own big league parks with limited travel. Um, so there have been some behind-the-scenes discussions of what that would look like. Most notably, um, while teams are playing in their own ballparks with limited travel, that would mean that teams stay in their original five-team divisions or maybe they're aligned into three ten-team divisions. 
Uh, if they're aligned into three 10-team divisions, this is going to create local rivalries. So you'll have all your East Coast teams playing. You're finally going to have all those teams with rivalries, your West Coast, um, and, and then your middle of the country in the South. So it's definitely... It definitely could be a major shift for that sport. And um, while it's going to be different, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be a good thing. If they do get realigned in that way, um, we're going to see, and I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to do this because it hasn't been fully announced yet, we're going to have to see a restructuring of the playoffs and the seeding. And if you have three 10-team divisions, it stands to reason that maybe the playoffs take a little longer. Um, if the playoffs do take a little bit longer, that's extra TV revenue, that's extra games. So again, this is just another example of uh, the coronavirus bringing out some ingenuity um, in professional sports leagues and teams that we haven't seen before. Personally, I'm extremely excited to see what they end up doing with that. If they do the three-team, ten-team divisions, I look forward to the rivalries that they may have and to assessing their new business model and seeing if it does, in fact, bring in more money or who knows? Maybe maybe people aren't as interested in the regional rivalries as we expect, and they lose money and have to pivot back after this next season. But as it as it stands now, and MLB is expected to come back um, potentially with some changes, but you'll be getting your baseball fix hopefully on time. Something that a lot of people probably aren't familiar with that I'll touch on very quickly before we finish here is the project restart in the English Premier League. Um, now, I know we're in the United States. United States, You may be asking, why are we covering an English sport? Well, the sports overseas, whether it be Europe, Asia, any number of other places, well, they're not exactly the same as the United States, but they do provide us an interesting perspective on how we could potentially see sports coming back. Now, um, sports in England, namely this English Premier League, it's expected to come back Friday, June 12th. Now, they have potentially an even tougher challenge than we do over there because a lot of their players aren't domestic. So they're bringing back players from different countries and tons of different interactions attempting to finish their season. Um, And with that timeline being uh, sooner than definitely the NFL, definitely the MLB, perhaps even sooner um, than the NFL will start operations again, that's going to be one thing that I'm going to look to to bring to this show um, to show how things are coming back and how they're working or not working. And you can um, and uh, you can talk about it next week, how it's work. Great. Uh, and with that, this has been Billion Dollar Ballers, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Jack. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.